the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are fortunate to be alive at this moment in history. I can hear you. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. The truth is plain to see. If you want freedom, take pride in your country. If you want democracy, hold on to your sovereignty. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you today. It is a big show. You know, this guy coming up, Ryan Godusky. I mispronounced his name a couple times. Ryan Godusky. He will be with us and... um, it is he's very cool and he's got a piece uh that he wrote about television and uh anyway he, he, you you'll like it i mean he's really something he's something that uh he catches my attention all the time and he makes me think a lot and uh his piece ran over in the american conservative ryan gadusky and he um he also is um he has a weekly newsletter um that's why i'm doing it wrong gurdusky gurdusky i always want to call him gurdusky gurdusky ryan gurdusky gurdusky we'll talk with him in a few moments and uh, we also will visit uh, about the topic of where we are with our friend David Horowitz. David Horowitz will enlighten us on what is happening in our uh, country. It usually means it's time to start fighting. That's what he says. So we'll see what he says today. <clears throat> Pardon me. Welcome again. Welcome. It's Ed Martin. It's Ed Martin's Pro-America Report. Don't forget, you can go over to ProAmericaReport.com. And you can sign up over there and get yourself the daily wink. Why? Excuse me. W-Y-N-K. What you now know. What you now know. What you now the daily wink. And you can sign up. An email, an email goes out every morning to your email box, into your email box at uh, 8 o'clock East Coast time, 5 a.m. Pacific time. Go to ProAmericaReport.com. Check in there. You will not regret it. All right. What, what do you now know? What is your wink? Well, This is a big week. The next seven days from right now when you're listening to this, the first day of next week, Monday the 14th, is the date that the Electoral College is supposed to meet. 
Between now and then, there will be a question. And there, by the way, there are some people who say persuasively those deadlines, I mean, excuse me, those dates, December 8th, uh, Tuesday, December 8th, which is the safe harbor deadline by which all the states must deliver who their electors are. And also December 14th, the Electoral College, those are state, those are uh, set in statute, not in the Constitution. They're set in tradition and in the law, not so much in the Constitution. So if there is contention and difficulties, it will it can play out after that. At least it's the thinking. I mean, we're into something of uncharted territories. But today's wink, what you now know is this. There's still a lot of fight left. Now, again, as I tell you over and over again, and please listen to me, the battle for our republic is being fought on three fronts. The legal front, which is an uphill battle. There's a lot of challenges. People that are sneaky and steal elections, they don't do it in ways that are easy to get caught. So that's a hard job. Sidney Powell's on there. Poor Rudy's got COVID, but he's on there. All these talented people. It's a, you know, that, that, that's going fine. There's some good stuff there. There's also, the, of course, the second battlefront is the propaganda battle, the information war where we're stuck at a, at just getting, a, getting blown away by the fake news, the fake news propaganda. It's tough. It's tough. And a lot of Republicans are helping with that propaganda. That's just how they roll. That's what they do. It's kind of you, you can be disappointed about it, but you have to be realistic. It's just what happens. OK, so the third battlefront, third battlefront is the Constitution. And that's your best hope. That's our best hope, because the Supreme Court on Tuesday, December 8th at 9 a.m., The filings are due for the court on whether Pennsylvania was allowed to change their laws of voting by a a state court judicial fiat or whether that was unconstitutional. And Justice Alito moved up by a date, a day, the 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 uh, the brief, the briefing schedule for this brief for this case. So the Pennsylvania Supreme Court said to Congressman Mike Kelly and a handful of other candidates, we don't care if you think that it was unconstitutional for us to change the rules of the election by judicial fiat. We don't care. You don't have standing. You should have objected earlier. And you kind of wonder if he objected earlier, the court would have said, you can't be in here yet. You haven't been harmed. So here's the way this is working. The U.S. Supreme Court, Justice Alito, is going to say, is it constitutional to take away from a sitting member of Congress and a candidate, the right to object to the change in the voting laws that was done by a a court, a state court. And as soon as I close a business on December 8th, Tuesday, December 8th, you could have a court saying, whoa, the Supreme Court saying, whoa, got to stop, got to consider it, can't certify electors, hold the phone, in which case, bada bing, as they say, all bets are off. Okay, so the battlefronts. Remember, Constitution, propaganda, information battle, and the law, the legal cases, all are moving apace. Look, all are there. The biggest problem I will tell you is the people are getting tired of it. The, 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 the patriots are getting tired of it. And that's why I want you to double down on knowing what's going on, feeling like what's going on is a positive thing and continue to spread the word. Double down on prayer at the end of the program on the window. What you need to do, I will tell you about the Jericho March dot org, invite you to come to Washington, D.C. But I mostly want you to get focused, zoned in on what's happening and don't 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 despair. Okay, do not despair. There's nothing to despair over. We're in the right direction. 
things are going in the right direction and you got to be willing to hang in there and fight through. It's a big week. It's a big week. I'll be over at the Supreme Court. I'm filing a brief in the in the United States Supreme Court on the Alito case, the Pennsylvania case. I'll be filing that brief tomorrow in the morning by nine o'clock. Actually, it gets electronic file, but I'll be over on the steps of the courthouse, Supreme Court doing a stop to steal. I'll have my megaphone out. I'm at my megaphone and we'll be going wild. And then I'll just keep pushing. By the way, tomorrow's my son's birthday, 14th birthday, which is very cool. He's a great guy. And uh, the best part of everything in my life is these kids and my wife. It's awesome. So, um, but we'll be doing that tomorrow. And then later on this week, there'll be some more. They'll be pushing, pushing, pushing one day at a time. Here's what you know. Washington and the crew lost every fight, it seemed like, in 1776 until they won. Where's Valley Forge? Where's Valley Forge? Cold in Valley Forge. Sitting in Valley Forge. It's cold. It's cold in Valley Forge. Feels like loser town. Until you cross over the Delaware River, march down to Trenton, and beat everybody. Handily. And then once they had a break, they didn't win everything, by the way. They still did not win everything. That didn't happen. What they had was hope And frankly, the biggest thing they had was the psychology changed and everybody suddenly believed what people had been saying. So listen, go to stopthesteal.us. There's a lot you can do there. Go to jerichomarch.org. You can go to my website, proamericareport.com. Just get yourself fortified with what the truth is, but then get yourself energized. When there's a break in the line, we have to be ready to charge in there. When there's a weakness, we have to be ready to exploit it. I'm not saying it seems like every day you get worse, you know, less and less. I got to tell you, I'm not saying it's easy. But again, it was cold and dark in Valley Forge in 1776, December. Just like it's cold and dark now. Seems to be a string of narrow defeats. Almost there. Good argument. Judge throws it out. Good, good argument. Uh, Republicans have no spine. All these kinds of things. But, but. 2020 has yet to let us down in terms of twists and turns. So I think you just got to hang in there and see what's coming. And more importantly, be energized, be joyful. I'll talk later on the show about the power of prayer, the power of your uh, centeredness for giving you hope and joy. Even when you're when you're not happy, you can still have joy. When you're worried about the future, you can still have hope. And when you've got questions on all sorts of fronts, you can still have your faith. And you have to. You have to. All right. Well, listen, thanks for tuning in. It's Ed Martin, Pro-America Report. Don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com. You can also reach me directly at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter, at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter, which is where you can direct message me, Ed Martin Live on Facebook, Ed Martin Live on Facebook. And you can email me directly, Ed at EdMartinLive.com, Ed at EdMartinLive.com. Email me directly. comes right to my uh, Gmail account, kicks in there, and I will reply if you've got questions or comments. And uh, we've got a big show. Again, uh, Ryan Gerdus. Gerdusky, Ryan Gerdusky, the great writer, and also David Horowitz, best-selling author, will be with us. So we will be back in just a few moments. It's Ed Martin, Pro-America Report. Thanks for tuning in. Be right back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest, he's been on the program before. He's one of my favorite writers and uh, 
on uh, social media, Ryan Gerdusky, and he's uh, he's really very much, you know, when I tell people about the late Phyllis Schlafly on positions, you know, it's hard to describe all the positions. He writes something called the National Populist Newsletter. But if you look at the positions, I, you know, I, don't know, I know what he means on the positions. He's so good on so many of these issues about where the voters are and where the American people are. And he wrote a piece uh, that was actually, you know, Ryan, it was sent to me by a friend of mine. I hadn't seen it yet. It was over on uh, it's over on the American conservative. And uh, the title is what TV can teach us about the white working class. So first of all, Ryan, welcome to the program. Thank you. And can people still what's the website to go sign up for your national populist newsletter? RyanGerdusky.com. I took a break for the rest of the year, but I'll start again up in January. Good, good. I hope you do. It's really useful. I know it's a lot of work, but it's useful. All right. So now back to first of all, before we get to that, um, the election. You don't have to tell me a breakdown of all the different uh, voter fraud or anything else. Just talk about the voters and talk about what you see, what you saw. I mean, you know, part of me says, did Trump got historic turnout, but did he miss some of his folks because he wasn't hitting on all cylinders? Or is that sort of, uh, you know, culture thinking or what are you what's your feeling on it? Well, I mean, it's a, it's it's a mixed bag. So I went to Brad Parscale back in 2017, and I said, look, there's 47 million non-college educated white Americans who are not registered to vote. If you register 10 percent of them, you will never have to worry about this election, upcoming election in 2020. You can kind of just sail home, you know, throughout the entire, uh, entire rest of the couple, next couple of years. Uh, that was thoroughly ignored by by the powers that be because they were doing this. Mm-hmm. We're going to reach out to minorities and win the minority vote. And to the credit of the Trump campaign, they did a great job with minority turnout. Problem is, is even though they got a larger portion of it, um, there was a higher number of their turnout. So it, so it kind of didn't really mean anything in the end. Um, you know, the Democrats got a smaller share of a larger turnout so but they still without getting 51 percent it really didn't matter nationwide and in important midwestern swing states there are no major hispanic communities that really made a difference and you're only going to go so far among african-american communities you're just not going to go very i mean african-americans over the age of 55 are never ever ever voting republican more than they are at this present day and and exit polls and studies by fox news and other organizations and associated press showed he did not gain one percentage among blacks over the age of 55 they just they are locked into the democratic party it is a waste of time the only way that they could have dealt with the large-scale uh you know amount of college-educated white suburbanites who were abandoning trump were by exercise by by energizing non-college educated whites so I'll give it one little statistic mm-hmm. for you because I know I don't want to go over yeah, too long. Please. But in yep. in the Rust Belt, so in, in Wisconsin, in the state of Wisconsin, which he lost by about 17,000 votes, in the state of Wisconsin, there were 22, 23, rather, Obama-Trump counties. Trump won 22 of those 23, and he increased his percentage in 22 of those 23. And they had 90% turnout. He basically did everything that you could possibly do to get those voters out. Problem was that even though the population increased in those counties, the number of voters decreased by 8,000. So there was a Mm. lot left on the table by not actually engaging with these communities, not actually registering these voters. You know, Stacey Abrams has a ton of as an organization to reach out to non-whites. Why isn't there a single Republican organization to reach out to non-college educated whites? It makes no sense whatsoever. It's like we're ashamed of our own voters. Um, and well, and, 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 and problematic. 
that's what I was going to ask you, Ryan. So Ryan, we're talking about Ryan Gerdusky, and, and again, he's a great writer, and he's got a piece. And it caught my eye. I'm sure as a good writer, you do this. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> what TV can teach us about white working class, of course, Archie Bunker. And for me, as a kid, I watched Archie Bunker. You know, I was young, and in my family, I was born in 1970, so it came out just around then. And I, but I watched it later and all. And as you say in there, it's almost a guilty pleasure. Like, you're not supposed to like Archie. But everybody likes Archie. Like, and even and and here's the here's the question though, the thing about the the problem is it's not just even going to non college educated white voters, it's the issues they care about, right? I mean, the problem for that group of people is they feel left out of what's gone on in the country. So you don't have to just go and talk Archie Bunker. You can go and talk jobs. You can go and talk talk uh, the, the the stalled economy, and you can also just go and talk the the, the optimism of not being against them. Well, here's the thing is the Republicans have been they offer them mostly on cultural things, but we don't ever engage them on economic realities. Economic realities are that, that a character like Archie Bunker, and this is the point of my piece, could not exist today. They just they just don't exist. Right. So that kind of white working class. The unions have been gutted. The that that gave them some kind of stability. All the so- social institutions like the church, the men's uh, only uh, organizations, like the lodge halls, they've all been gutted. What is left for these people? I mean, these are the forgotten people. These are the deplorables. This is the army that that got Trump elected. And it wasn't just you know because it wasn't just older white men, but it was those people who have who've been on the losing end of the cultural revolution, on the economic revolution, on anything for the last forty. 40, 50 years. So, um, but rather than engaging them economically, we still don't have a health care policy. And we have this mm-hmm. adoption of this Reaganism mentality that sits there and says, you know, well, any kind of uh, any kind of abdication to, uh, against the free market is considered socialism. Well, I'm sorry that that is not a, that's just not true. Uh, and, and, you know, I was, I was talking to Congress, former Congressman Dave Brett the other day, and he was like, we have to admit to ourselves there's no such thing as a free market left in America. When you have to do 150 government regulations to build a house, you don't have a free market anymore. It just doesn't exist. So rather than, rather than fighting on, on the playground and saying, how do we make life better for people that vote for us? What did, that's what Trump did in 16. What did he do in 2020? Burn crazy Bernie Sanders and socialists like AOC and socialism and socialism and socialism. We had to hear 55 times about the platinum plan and making sure we did everything for blacks and Hispanics and lowest you know, Hispanic unemployment rate ever, lowest women's unemployment rate ever. That's good, great, and fine. I'm not saying we shouldn't engage with those voters. I'm not saying we shouldn't strive to get all you know to get those things matter. But what does it matter to somebody, to a white person in a non-college educated area? Who's 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 been decimated under even under the best times of the Trump recovery, uh, union jobs and, and, and manufacturing jobs in the portions of the Midwest that puts from Obama to Trump never came back because what you need and what the Republican Party lacked and unfortunately what the Trump White House lacked is a national vision, a broad national vision. So you want to bring home uh, supply chains from China, which we all do, which would be a great, great thing. If you leave it up to the market, they're going to the Southwest. That's the newest infrastructure. It is the newest workers. It is all the incentives to sit there and move to the Southwest. Why should they move to the, to, the, to the Rust Belt? Only if you incentivize it. Only if you sit there and get the government involved and say, how do I repair that infrastructure to make it worth it to go to Ohio, to make it worth it to go to Michigan or Wisconsin or Pennsylvania or any of these decimated places? I mean, I was in Youngstown not too long ago. It looked like we lost World War II and they just never rebuilt it. And so if you want a broader national vision to actually care 
truly care about the people that vote for our party time and time and time again, rather than giving empty platitudes about Confederate statues or gun rights intermixed with, you know, we need to stop socialism, then you need to have a broad national vision. And it's a little messy. And it's not exactly, you know, Reagan-esque type conservatism. But maybe we as a party need to accept that the Cold War is over, that that mentality towards economics needs to die out. And we need to sit there and absorb how do we sit there and make our lives better for the people who have truly been left out. We're talking with Ryan Gerdusky and his book, by the way, from last year. I interviewed him about the book. It's called They're Not Listening, How the Elites Created the National Populist Revolution. On Twitter, Ryan is at Ryan, Ger- Ryan Gerdusky, uh, and that's K-Y on the end. Really good also on Twitter. Uh, Ryan, so what's the what's the world after Trump? Like you see uh, uh, populist sort of edges of, of a of a. Um, uh, Josh Hawley or some of these folks or, you know, Ron DeSantis is, is trying, I guess, to, to fit that. But does anybody really get what you're saying? Um, no, <laughs> they don't really get <laughs> what I'm saying. I think they kind of get it. Look, I, I always make this analogy. Trump is like a puzzle, right? And everyone's trying to grab a piece of the puzzle, but no one's grabbing the entire thing. And my biggest mm-hmm. uh, you know, animosity right now with the GOP is like last week's bill with Mike Lee that needed just one Republican senator to sit there and oppose it, just one. And I, and I, give, I, I take out the two senators from Georgia because they were on the campaign trail, and I talk to their staff about opposing this bill. But, but you know, Josh Hawley wants to sit there and to pretend that he is, a, you know, the populist heir to, to Trump's throne and that he will sit there and fight for those workers because we're going to stop YouTube videos from automatically playing. You cannot try to punish Silicon Valley while rewarding them economically, which is what Mike Lee's bill does. It rewards them economically, and it displaces, you know, if we want to talk about not only displacing American workers, but really good workers from around the world. It monopolizes all the H-1B workers to India. So when we're not going to be getting, you know, German scientists and South African inventors and Israeli inventors and Iranian inventors and who else, all the best from around the world, we're not going to be getting them because they're all going to be coming from India. So what's going to happen is in five years or so, if this bill becomes law, which I don't think it will because Democrats in the House are kind of destroying it right now. But if it becomes law in five years time and we're out of all those workers, Mike Lee and a bunch of Democrats are going to walk to the Senate floor and say, we can't get those workers. Let's expand the number of H-1B workers to a million or two million a year. And let's decimate Mm -hmm. the field for college-educated Americans. It's mind-bogglingly stupid. (laughs) So I really don't have any respect for a single Republican in the United States Senate right now, and I don't want any of them to be the presidential candidate as of right this second. Um, Who knows? Maybe things will change, but they've proved absolutely nothing to me besides that they can go on Tucker Carlson and spout a few good talking points. But when it comes to (laughs) push comes to shove, it's just empty rhetoric. Uh, I like Ron DeSantis a lot. I think what he's done in Florida is really good. I think that he's the one who gets it probably the most if anyone does. But, you know, listen, we didn't know we did not know that there was going to be Donald Trump in 2013 or really a Donald Trump who who became the president in 2013. uh, And he was going to have the rhetoric that that he had. Let's wait and see who who actually, you know, emerges. You know, it's too far out. But I really think that more than anything else right now, Republicans need to be making a list of who they're going to primary in 2022, because there are a lot Mm -hmm. that need to be primaried and and their careers need to be ended. Liz Cheney, uh, Langford in Oklahoma, uh, one after the other need to be primaried across the board because we can't accept this this type of Republican Party who wants to sit there and just revert back to Bushism immediately. Yeah. 
All right, Ryan Gerdusky, at Ryan Gerdusky on Twitter. By the way, he also is a co-host of Right Now, which is the American Conservatives uh, podcast. You should check that out. I'll put it up on social media. Thanks, Ryan, as always. I'm looking forward to get back to that newsletter. We miss it. It's great stuff. Thank the, uh, you so much. Yeah, the, you're, you're, yeah, really cool. Keep in touch. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Bye. All right, we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. It's time to check in with David Horowitz, the best-selling author of many, many books. Uh, the uh, the one that I, recent one, the newest one, Radical Son, A Generational uh, Odyssey. But there's like five or six on my shelf at home. David Horowitz, uh, welcome. For, he's the founder of the David Horowitz Freedom Center. Uh, David, welcome back. How are you today? Thanks, Ed. I'm, I'm okay. Uh, so, David, where are we in this country, right? We're getting swamped under by the propaganda, the the, the, the propaganda no, of the fake news. We're swamped pl- over by a criminal gang called the Democrat Party and, and okay. the media slugs. This is the most uh, so what do we do? Ma- massive election fraud. And these Republican traitors. Get rid of these Republicans. I'd rather have a minority party that was unified and fought and, and than these stab you in the back, Georgia Democrats, uh, Georgia Republicans. It's just terrible. But, the legislature should be deciding this election. That's what the Constitution says. But they're being denied that by the governor of Georgia. And, of course, everybody knows the fix is in. They've got these machines that rig, rig the votes. And if you don't believe it, look up Dr. Shiva's testimony to the America, about the Maricopa voting. He's a mm-hmm. MIT scientist, and he shows how they stole the votes. They have these machines that come from Soros and Chavez, whatever the Democrat liars say, uh, right. are, are designed to cheat. Uh, so what the first thing they do is they figure out how many votes does Biden need to win Maricopa County. And what they do, they, they figured out, he shows how they do it. They figured out that he needs... For every actual vote for him, he needs 1.3 votes. And the machine right. is actually set up so that it delivers him 1.3. And, it, and for every Trump vote, it delivers only a third of the vote. That's how they did it. All right. So, David, I want to ask a different question. I want to ask a different question of you. I want to ask you, why is it uh, why why won't Republicans or conservatives fight back? Why don't they see it? I mean, I've been since election. Let me and yeah. I come out of that. My parents were communists. I know the left, you know, like the back of my hand. I never understood conservatives. I don't get it. Right. This country is <laughs> under sea. This guy Biden is a Chinese pawn. Kerry is a longtime traitor. His whole career has been treasons over the Vietnam War. He lied and he testified about atrocities that he never saw and that never existed. Uh, he, he's, his family is married into the Nazi mullahs of the, of, uh, the Iranian regime. Uh, he's the, you know, in a way, he's the architect of, the, of this treasonous Iran deal that gives nuclear weapons and hundreds of billions of dollars to terrorists who can't. These are the leaders of Iran, death to Americans, and who killed thousands. Every wounded warrior you see on TV, every named hero, American hero was named by the Iranians, and, and carries in their pocket. It's just right. terrible. Uh, so, this d- is d- a treasonous we're, we're, party. Look, let's 
just get it on the table. A treasonous party. Their agendas economically and socially are communist. They're rank racist. They got racism now in our military or these so-called diversity training sections, sessions which are demonizing whites. The official doctrine of the Democrat Party is critical race theory, which says all white people are racist. These are scumbags. And we, right. you know, now- Republicans and conservatives have to be geared up for a domestic war. It's war. You know, you, you watch in the... The Democrats have no compunction about accusing the president of the United States of being a traitor, colluding with the Russians with no evidence whatsoever. Call him a racist. Call all Republicans racist. Uh, accuse, accuse him of killing every coronavirus patient. That's the way they talk. And uh, what does uh, Kevin McCarthy say? Oh, they're just playing politics. They're not playing, Kevin. That's war. They want to kill you politically. Call you a race. So it's an attempt to erase you from the political debate. So Republicans, conservatives got to start using proper language. Democrats are racist. They're character assassins. They're liars and they're criminals. Stealing a so, presidential uh, election is a monstrous crime. So, David, is there room in this? In, in when I say that the fake news is is the is the is a, a one of the biggest problems, am I looking past it? Your point is your point. Don't get don't get carried away. That's just a, an arm, a wing of the Democrats. No, the news. Yeah, they, we don't, we don't have information. You know, I was looking up the other day. I I couldn't find the uh, what I typed in, but it was something like mail-in ballots, and it took right. me. I had to go through five pages of Google search to find one article that didn't say that Trump is an idiot and a liar for saying that mail-in ballots are flawed. And there happened to be an article by John Lott, and in it he points out that there was a commission on election and fraud and integrity in 2005 because of what happened in 2000, you know, to, uh, in the Florida vote count. It was chaired by Jimmy, Jimmy Carter. It was bipartisan, and it concluded absentee ballots have the greatest potential for fraud. So it's not Trump, you know, stroking his ego and being a sore loser. It's, it's the reality. They sent out 92 million mail-in ballots, which is so right. easy. All you have to do is remove them from the envelope. You've got a blank ballot and deliver it in the middle of the night and get your thugs, which they did in, in Detroit and Pennsylvania and elsewhere, to bar Republican observers, which is illegal and unconstitutional, from looking at what you're doing, and then you just write in Biden. That's how the election right. was rigged. Oh. So what? Mm-hmm. Let me let me ask you, David. Uh, David, I got a less 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 than a minute left. What what happens if if Biden succeeds? Well, it's no different than if Trump succeeded in one way, and that is we have a war in front of us. You have to people have to understand that the Democratic Party again. It's a racist, anti-American party. It's aligned with Iran and China for crying out tears. Uh, right. So. We would have this war, whoever is, is there. It's, it's a tra- great tragedy, or will be, if Trump isn't the president. But he's going to lead a movement. We have, for the first mm-hmm. time in our history, a mass conservative movement that can turn out tens and hundreds of thousands and even millions of people. 
We have to use right. that movement to take back our schools. You know, conservatives, conser- conservatives are too polite, and they hate politics. So right. that's why they didn't ha- never had a mass movement. Leftists love politics. It's their religion. Right. Conservatives have, <laughs> right. re- have real lives. So they have other right. things <laughs> right, right, right. to do. That so they enjoy. The yeah, that's right. In our history that we have a mass movement. Uh, for example, yeah. Republicans love to solve things by the Supreme Court. Forget that. Right. Uh, you right. can't. Washington cannot fix the indoctrination of kindergartners in our schools. It requires a mobilization at the local school level. You've got to take back your schools. The parents' army go in and complain about the indoctrination. That's the only way it will change. All right, I got to run, David. I'm out of time. David Horowitz, the great David Horowitz. Uh, his 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 writings are a phenomenal bestseller. Thank you, David. I got to take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Today, December 7th, is the day about which President Franklin D. Roosevelt famously said, we'll always live in infamy. December 7th, 1941, was the day of the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor in Hawaii, which caused our entry into World War II. After we won that war, we had a period of many years that history calls the Cold War. It was a time when the Soviet Union was rapidly building up its force of intercontinental nuclear missiles and threatening to destroy entire cities in a single blast. Facing this incredible threat, the United States adopted the policy called Mutual Assured Destruction. We announced that if Soviet Russia ever launched a nuclear missile against us, our missiles would automatically strike back and kill millions of Russians. For years, this threat deterred the Russians from doing anything dangerous. After Ronald Reagan became president, he proposed building a defensive system that could shoot down enemy missiles when they are streaming toward the U.S. to kill us. But the liberals threw roadblocks at this plan, and we still do not have a defensive system. We're not really worried about an attack from Russia anymore. However, the anniversary of Pearl Harbor should remind us that there are nations in the world that hate America, and surprise attacks are still possible. And one factor is very, very different. The dictatorships that hate us and are building nuclear missiles today don't care if we hit them back. They want to kill Christians, and they train their young men to commit suicide with the promise that then they will go straight to heaven. Now that Iran and North Korea, who hate us, are building nuclear weapons, it is more important than ever before that we fulfill President Reagan's vision of building an anti-missile defense to protect us against incoming missiles. Our enemies have changed, but it's still the duty of our government to protect the lives and property of American citizens against any attack. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For 50 years, Mrs. Schlafly promoted grassroots efforts to rally conservatives. Today, you can harness the power of social media by going to phyllisschlafly.com and sharing these commentaries with friends across the country. Get started at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 
Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, we got to get back into the habit. I'm going to do it now. It's called the window. It's the window. What you need to do. What you need to do, it contrasts with the open of the show, which is the wink. What you need to know. Actually, you know, I've been talking about this with a friend of mine. I think I'm going to change wink, the daily wink, not to what you need to know, but what you now know. What you now know. All right, but here, back to the window. What you need to do. Here's what you need to do today, okay? There's a lot to do to watch, right? This is a huge week I mentioned. Again, go. it's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. You can go over to ProAmericaReport.com. That's Ed Martin's Pro-America Report, available at ProAmericaReport.com. Go there and sign up for the Daily Wink. What you now know. What you now know. Sign up there, the Daily Wink. Going to be a busy week. Going to be a busy week. Uh, Tuesday is deadlines for the Supreme Court. Also, it's the safe harbor deadlines. Doesn't look like a lot of decisions are going to be changed. There's court cases. There's fighting. There's battling. There's this to that and the other thing. And, of course, there's going to be these huge rallies in Washington, D.C. and all across the country starting on, especially on Saturday. So here's what you need to do. You need to check in on where you can amplify your voice. Maybe the amplifying of your voice is through phone calls, emails. You got to do that. But right now we're all getting beaten down, pounded down. We're like nails getting pounded by the hammer that is the mainstream fake news media. So you got to try to fight your way through that as best you can. Okay, so there's, there's all those things to do. Laundry list, messaging. But I want to bring something full circle for you. And that is this. I have been very moved, very impressed uh, by the people who have started this Jericho March movement. They're my friends now, Rob Weaver, Arena Grasso. They started this incredible, they had a vision. The Lord gave them a vision. They really did. And the vision was, hey, go out and begin in prayer to go go towards having a major set of events marching across the country, marching around the capitals, including in Washington, D.C. And they've been working at this and they're not. They're just amazing. And here's what I want to tell you. In the midst of all the politics, in the midst of all the propaganda, in the midst of all the fake news, as much of the fighting as we've had to do with the propaganda against it, against the fake news, against the politics, all these things that seem to be against us. One thing you don't have to fight, you don't have to fight against the Lord. And I want to encourage you, the Jericho March movement is just a bunch of people that are called to show their faith And their, by the way, and their concern for the election and concern for the country. It's not that the people here are liberals or tree huggers or taking away the energy. No, that's not fair. They they may love trees too, but these are people that care about the country, but they know at our founding, the country was Judeo-Christian, which means you don't have to be Jewish. You don't have to be Christian. You don't have to be either one. But you have to buy into the values that the Judeo-Christian ethics sort of sign off on. And one of the ways you do that is prayer. So when you meet Jewish people and they pray and they read the Torah or you meet Christians and they read their Bible and they pray, the the qualitative difference in somebody like that is real. By the way, doesn't I'm not saying it makes them better. I do think it gets you closer to what the Lord wants, but I don't judge people because I don't know. What I do know is if you are in prayer, if you're if you're considering America and in the context of prayer, it helps you. 
It helps you. It helps you to understand things. It helps you to be more peaceful. As I said earlier on my Periscope, if you go to Ed, Ed Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter, Ed Eagle Ed Martin, I said on my Periscope, you know, when you pray, when you keep yourself grounded, you tend to have more peace. You tend to have more hope. You tend to have more joy. And by the way, you have those even in the face of difficulties. You can be ill or not successful and still have peace and still have hope and even still have joy. You know, joy is different. Joy is better. Joy is better than happiness, right? Being happy is a good meal. Being happy is a good meal. Being joyful, having, having joy is a good life. You see, I mean, that's how that's a way to think about it. You know, being happy is a great afternoon. You go to a basketball game or you go play with your your family or you have something nice. That's just happy. I'm happy. That was a happy event. Joy is a sense of yourself in relation to what's going on. So you can be in pain and still be joyful. You can be in despair or, or worried about the future. Let's say that have anxiety, have concerns about the future and still be hopeful. And one of the things these Jericho marches, the marchers, the organizers have done is I think is really given people a focus on what's happening in our lives that is helpful for uh, keeping us grounded in the American way, in the American system. So listen, go to Jericho, what you need to do, the window, go to JerichoMarch.org, JerichoMarch.org and check in there and see what it's about. Okay, see what's going on. And I think you're going to be really intrigued. I think you're going to enjoy it. JerichoMarch.org. And then uh, if you want to get involved, find lots of ways. And, and by, by the way, lots of people can't come to D.C. for these big prayer events. They just got to be where they are. That's still good. Prayer. Some states are having uh, Jericho marches around their capital every day. So get after it wherever you are. Get focused wherever you are and bring that tradition, the American ethos is the rule of law, the constitution, but it's, it's wrapped around, it's hidebound in the Judeo-Christian values. That's what you got there. All right. I want to say thank you. We got our great friend Randy filling in for Noah. Noah, the great technical director, is on a day, a sabbatical, a couple days this week. He'll be back. But uh, Randy stepped in and filled in. We're grateful. Joanna for booking our guests, and especially you for listening. Please go to ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for all the stuff there, the wink there. Pass it on, and we'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin right here on the Pro America Report. 